Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide open town that never goes to sleep. Vegas! Vegas, baby, Vegas! You're either in or you're out. Right now. My best mates are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible. Las Vegas, here we go! Pack your bags and get ready for a different kind of Vegas experience with someone who knows Vegas inside and out. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Welcome to Vegas Never Sleeps, an audio postcard from the fabulous Las Vegas Strip. I'm Stephen Maggi. Vegas and great impressionists go together. From the early days of Rich Little and David Fry, a trip down the Strip or a stroll downtown would always feature headliners that could sound and look just like your favorite celebrity. Things are no different today, and you're about to meet one of the absolute greatest ever, Gordy Brown. You'll also meet an expert on where to visit if you're a fan of Vintage Vegas. His name is Paul Papa, and he'll join us later in the show. Our regulars are here as well. Do you ever see those what-do-you-do-in-24-hours features that you see in the Wall Street Journal and other magazines and so forth? Well, we decided to ask your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com, what he suggests for a one-day in-and-out visit to Vegas for someone who has never been here. Our favorite Vegas real estate expert, Gady Medrano from Flipping Vegas, is back today. Gady and I discussed the true amazement homebuyers feel when they come from other high-priced places like California or New York. The Wizard of Odds, Michael Shackelford, is here as well. Today's topic, traditional hand-dealt poker. And finally, Eddie Osterlin, America's first master sommelier, is back with a two-week look at the best wine spots to visit. Part one takes a look at domestic options. You look for trouble You can't right place You ain't none of my hand right To all the plants I've smoked before Well, I wonder where the hell that one went If you've been coming to Las Vegas over, say, the last 15 years, you know our guest, Gordy Brown. We love Gordy Brown, one of the greatest impressionists in town, no question about it. In fact, when he came to the radio station to talk, uh, everybody stopped what they were doing and came come over and see him. He's, he's that popular here in town, and of course, if you visited, you know that as well. And now he's headed back downtown, which I think I'm really excited about myself. You're going back to the Golden Nugget. That's a place you like, right? I mean, not that you don't like every place you play, but you've been particularly happy there. Yeah, I've played there for 10 years of my life. Um, three years at one point, seven at another, and this will be uh, six weeks that, that uh, I'll, I'll be there this time. Yeah, third time is a charm. And What's not to love about the Golden <laughs> Nugget? It's, it's... Absolutely. Now, you're going to play Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays, so you want to be here one of those days, 7.30. Mm-hmm. You always seem to be on top of these impressions. I mean, you know, people get their favorites and stuff, but you're always working on new stuff. I saw you were doing like Ed Sheeran and stuff. Oh, yeah, Ed Sheeran. And, Sheeran, and sorry. It's okay, because I do make a joke about saying it that way in the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm one of the guys you're yeah. talking about, okay. I'm at Ed Sheeran, for those that, <laughs> that pronounce it the way I do as well sometimes. Yeah, he's, uh, he's um, if I had my guitar, I would do that for you, but uh, I do a thing where I always thought he was Irish, and, it, and um, so for the first month I was doing him with an Irish accent, <laughs> You know, when your legs don't work like they used to be far, you know, and, was, <laughs> and uh, I had uh, a cousin of his say that uh, from the audience, you know, he's English. And I, and I was like, um, well, 
Sit down, lady. It, it <laughs> took me a month to learn them Irish, so let me get a bit of that in first. <laughs> but uh, she was a sweetheart, and yeah, she's uh, she's like uh, some distant cousin. She was so proud, you know. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's my boy. Yeah. Well, you know, how do you how do you do that? Because I, I, I would imagine in what you do, you're great at these things, and yet you can't. Keep doing the same ones. They probably the classics stay there. How do you decide where to go with that? And what? And well, it's you, all part of the process, right? The deciding of uh, who you're going to do, how long you're going to do it for. Is it still going? I usually keep it in if it's still working. Now, um, there's another element of refreshing things where you can, you know, um, there's only so many impressions. I especially nowadays. So you want to make the most of um, of the ones that you are doing, of course, and. Um, there was a point, I think in the 90s, well, late 90s, where, where I was thinking of doing a Vanilla Ice, and they were like, well, that's early 90s. I said, yeah, but it's all about what you uh, do with it. So I had come up, this was before the show, uh, Where Are They Now? So that's something that I had written in the, in the show. I said, what if I make it about what's he doing now? Yeah. You know, all right, stop, collaborate and listen. White guy can't dance, rhythm's missing. I proved anyone can make it. If you got no talent, do what I did, fake it. Fly by night, yo, that's me. Back to working at KFC. That's the background. <laughs> I made a lot of money, but everyone dissed me. Would you like plain or extra crispy? Crunch, crunch, baby. Dunk, dunk. You know, but <laughs> that's it, great. It modernized yeah. it. Um, and, and it let you, knew, uh, let you know what these. Uh, these guys that had maybe the one great hit, where where are they now? Oh, I like that. Yeah. But uh, again... And then they come up with a TV show of it, uh, uh, and I was like, hey, were they on the plane next to me when I yeah. was creating that? Well, the whole <laughs> Dancing with the Stars is taking those people that we kind of forgot Yeah, about. well, there's other ways, yeah. And Dancing with the Stars is another new way of introducing things, let's say, that, that that's where you might go with your... Or I might go with my um, impression of... Um, or take on Vanilla Ice next, right, with the Dancing with the Stars. Or um, maybe going on tour where he's doing corporate shows, but then my thought would be, how long is his act? He only had the one hit. Right. You know? Exactly. So, exactly. so I, was, I would write that in the bit, you know, almost like, uh, you know, um, this was a lot of fun. I'll see you all soon. You know, that was my minute. I'll be in my hotel room. Doom, 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 you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and, and that's so important because it's one thing to be able to do the impression, right? But you got to have that comedy chop or, or the thing dies. I feel like for me, that's uh, what I, I really enjoy the most is to make people laugh. You know, I find that uh, a lot of fun to entertain that way. So I look for the angles. Yeah. So your, your show evolves over the years. It has to. Is there some sort of a mix in your mind, like where you want to bring out some people like that, that maybe the older crowd knows, but then some people that the younger does? Or what goes into like deciding who makes the final cut? Yeah, well, I think that if I'm doing Coldplay and that somebody might not know them, well, that's might not be my my problem. <laughs> right. And um, I can always, at the end of the bit, if I see the person not reacting or something, I can make it about them maybe not knowing yeah. and, right. and then either tease them a little or, or you know, or um, somehow include um, even people not getting it. There's, there's funny everywhere. So there's funny in that as well. If they're staring, staring at you with a blank look. Uh, maybe the blank look is, you know, that sounded nothing like them. I I know who Coldplay is, and uh, you know, 
That's my old Gary Shandling. Uh, yeah, that I was love that. More with super impressionist Gordy Brown in just a moment. Time now for your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com. Today, we asked Scott to be our tour guide. If we've got 24 hours in town and have never been to Vegas, where do we go? Holy cow. Well, that's, that is a tough one because there is a ton of stuff to do. Of course, I would qualify this list with people have different interests. There's If you're into exotic cars, you're not going to have any interest in what I'm talking about. If you like sports, you're not going to have any interest in what I'm talking about. There's something for everybody. But I would say start off your day with Mon Ami Gabi at the Paris. You want to have a nice, uh, I guess you would call it a brunch or lunch. Uh, that's how you how you should get your day going. It's a beautiful view. you got a lot of people watching. Um, and then maybe uh, do what everybody does. Cross the street. Go uh, watch the Bellagio Fountains. Go into the Bellagio Conservatory. That's going to take a little time. I would then do something very bold and I would leave this strip. I would go downtown, one of my favorite places. I would go to the Neon Boneyard, the Neon Museum. I would go to the Ma Museum. This is all downtown. I would go, as it starts to get dark, I would go check out the the uh, Fever Vision Canopy Upgrade at Fremont Street Experience, which is where I work. Um, then I would say head back to the strip. I would say do a Cirque show. Other than Zumanity, you got to do a Cirque show. You've got to then, of course, for a lot of people, you got to go to the club. Uh, you should go, I uh, can't really decide which one, maybe Hakkasan. They have this new light insulation on the ceiling or Omnia, which is one of the go-tos or Win. That's one of the big ones. And then I would say, take a little time after your nightclub experience to go into the casino and gamble until you pass out. I would say, Ask somebody how to play craps. I would say learn a little blackjack. I would say play some slots. And I think within that 24 hours, you will have hit enough Vegas to want to come back. And that's really the goal for Las Vegas is just to get you to come back. Scott will be back again next week. Remember to check out VitalVegas.com every day. When it comes to Vegas, simply nobody does it better than Scott Robin. You can follow Vital Vegas also on social media. More with super impressionist Gordy Brown in just a moment. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, coast to coast on the Biz Talk Radio Network. Let's return to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to impressionist Gordy Brown, who is playing three days a week at the Golden Nugget in downtown Las Vegas. And Bush called for the ambulance, but it was Bush. Call 912. Fill my heart with some. Let me so I You like it. Here. You know, uh, it's been 30 years. I was doing an interview the other, uh, well, maybe a month ago in this, uh, I was tele- te- television interview, and she said, you've been here 30 years, and I never even slowed down to think about that, that it was 30 years. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, it goes by quick. 87, I, I came out here. So when you see the town in 30 years, big changes, huh? Yeah, it's, um, <laughs> it's pretty incredible. Yeah, and still going, that football arena is going to be outstanding. You're looking for, well, you're wearing a Vegas Golden Knight 
yeah. jacket today. So I know you're yeah. a sports fan. Uh, again, is that part of being the community? Like, that's not a, that's not a hard sell. It's, you live here. Well, yeah, I'm so proud of this hockey team. It's uh, it's incredible um, the way they've been, you know, playing and the way that they've been going around town and and uh, hanging out with the locals and when they ha- when they have time and. I think it's the same thing for entertainers, you know. We love our city, and uh, we love them for being in it and doing so well. Yeah. Know? Proud of them. Well, and it's, I'm glad you brought that up because I was thinking it's really no different than what you do in the sense that, yeah, you like visitors and all that, but you love this town. And uh, Oh, I love Vegas. Vegas is incredible. Yeah, yeah. it's been really, really uh, special. You know, there's no... Uh, place I'd rather be it's the it's it's the entertainment capital especially for what I aspire to do and um and raise a family and and uh have it all you know well and it's different have it all there it's different now than it was back I'm thinking of like in Rich Little's day and Frank Gorshin and those people because there was so much TV with it so you have to do it off reputation right I mean you got you got to make sure that when those people leave they're laughing and they're like hey you're going out to Vegas you got to go see this guy he's great yeah that's the the best way to ever sell a show is that the show needs to do uh, a number on the audience in a very positive way that they leave there and want to tell you know the world about it yeah. yeah, that's always been my goal. Now, are you friends with the uh, other impressionists? Because there's, there's impressionists in town. Oh, yeah. Rich Little is, uh, has always been a mentor of mine. And and uh, he's he's a great friend. One of the probably greatest guys I know. And um, uh, Paul Anka as well. Uh, Paul lives at, in L.A., but um, they're both from where I'm from, Ottawa, Canada. Oh, okay. And so when I first came out here those 30 years ago... I wanted to meet them, and uh, I was so so uh, honored that I that I uh, I was able to get backstage and meet them and be invited to their shows. And through the years, ended up working with both of them. Yeah, yeah. And it makes sense because both of them are kind of what you're good at. You're good at singing, and you're yeah. really good at impressions. So, so I was going with two of the very best. Yeah, Rich is Rich is uh, Rich Little. Just he's still to this day. Um, so supportive, you know, he's always been, never give up, Gord, keep at it. So, I know you do singers, but you do more, you do like politicians, don't you do some non-singers too? I do a little bit of Trump, it's going to be fantastic, if you come to the show, you will see the lips, pucker, and you will see the wonderful handwork I'm doing right now, it's terrific. <laughs> okay, that's very good. Any other non-singers that off the top of your head? Uh, non Non-singers? Non-singers, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, politicians or? Well, anybody. Oh, anybody? Tell me. We got Walken. He's in the show. A lot of boys together. Well, it's going to be a very good time. Got the Nero. Got Jack Nicholson. We got all kinds of family that comes around, different actors. And uh, <laughs> we all have fun. It's great, and, and the facial expressions. It's really, it's really unfortunate. There's no video to this because uh, that goes a lot with it too. Well, mannerisms is uh, definitely a part of it, and I can't help but when I do their voice, turn into you know the character at this well, point. Well, I was yeah. looking at some of the people, and I've never seen you do this, but Johnny Mathis. So you do that. I haven't done him in a long time, <laughs> but now seems to be okay to try. I love you, 
just don't want to touch it right now. <laughs> How about Willie Nelson? Let's switch. Let's switch genres. Oh, mama, don't let your babies grow up without paying their taxes. <laughs> Spending all the money, having a lot of funny. Maybe I didn't pay my taxes quite as often as I should have. Pass me that joint. <laughs> but it was always on my mind. <laughs> These are great, and so. Let me get into your brain for a second, if I can. So you pick, you see somebody you now want to you do. Now you started all these yeah. impressions in my head, so they're <laughs> yeah. all there. I have well, to, I have to figure out, Stephen, who you're talking to right now. More with veteran Vegas impressionist Gordy Brown in just a few moments. Time now for Luxury Living Vegas Style, featuring the star of Flipping Vegas, Gady Madrano. You come from San Jose, which is part of all that Silicon Valley thing. I imagine somebody that lives in a uh, two or three million dollar small house in Sunnyvale or Santa Clara or some uh, would love to come in. They probably are amazed at how much they can get for and have so much left over. Well, that's that's the word. They're amazed. <laughs> like everyone's like, "Whoa, really?" Like I get that so often. I was working with a client from the East Bay, and. He, he has $1.5 million property. I'm showing him, I'm like, you're living like a king out here for 1.5. Like you could theoretically, I mean, depending on what area and um, how big of a home you want, but then you have to factor in, you know, your lifestyle and if you want that energy bill and, you know, if you're just one person, you know, you have to factor in all all things, but it's just, it's, it's tremendous. And that's one of the great appeals. And I think just kind of the hidden gem of Vegas is, is our real estate because we have... We have the luxury of being this world-renowned tourist destination location that you can stay at and you can be in the midst of that and benefit from that, but you can also just get away from it and you can be in a regular kind of small community. Uh, For me personally, I live off the strip and I have my local spots that I hang out with my friends or I'll go do a happy hour and and it it feels like a very small tight knit community. You have your church communities, you have your hospitals, you have everything in close proximity and you really get the benefit of both at a very affordable and where other places are inaffordable. California, you, you, it's just night and day. So many people um, that I'm working with just this month are, are, I would say, 80%. Like just this month, just coincidentally, some months aren't that way, to be fair. But it's just so many are, are from out of town and just trying to move here. You can see Gady on Flipping Vegas on the DIY Network. And you can contact her at GatyRealEstate.com. Do you want to get in better shape? It's never easy, but if you contact FitFab2020 at gmail.com, they'll help make it as simple as possible, and it'll be easy on your wallet as well. This program will help you achieve your goals without costing a small fortune. They've got many options to address your individual needs that are both affordable and effective. Check it out, please, by simply reaching out to Christine at FitFab2020 at gmail.com. That's FitFab2020 at gmail.com. More with super impressionist Gordy Brown in just a moment. You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi nationwide on the BizTalk Radio Network. I'm Peter Pavone, and you're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi.
You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Today's show is brought to you in part by 360debtfree.com. We've been taught that a 30-year mortgage is necessary if we want to own a home. But that's simply not true. You can have all your debts, including your mortgage, paid off in five to seven years. Find out how. Go to 360debtfree.com and get your free ebook, Turn Your Debt Into Wealth. That's 360debtfree.com. You're listening to impressionist Gordy Brown, who you can see now at the Golden Nugget in downtown Las Vegas for the next few months. I mean, it goes by so darn quick. One minute, one minute you're in diapers, next minute, puff. You're back in diapers, you know that? Cause I got hair, but no traces every time I Like the guy who does Neil Diamond, Rob, Rob Garrett. Mm-hmm. He's great at that. That's what he does. And I think he just kind of becomes it. That's different than what you do because you're doing a great 30 seconds and then boom, you're into somebody else. Yeah, well, I get bored easily, so I, so I, I want to move on. But I think when I started, I did a lot of um, a lot. So so let's say I only had uh, I had the twenty minutes, but I only had let's say seven impressions. So they all had to, yeah. you know, be a little bit longer. And sometimes back then the audience would yell, "Do that one shorter." Okay, so <laughs> but uh, you know, or, or they would be at that time, but do another Elvis, you know. So it's all about yeah. as you go on with your career. Um, you know, how you want to design your, your show. For me, I want to work with less and less zero props, and yeah. I want the comedy to come from what we're, what I'm bringing up and, and the pictures that I put in the audience's head. And, and then, then uh, yeah, it's that's like how I, more that's organic, how I like to work. Right? You know, it's so. just how I like to work. I've seen it done other ways, or I used to do it other ways. And, in fact, um, I still have some glasses in the show and, you know, yeah. But uh, it's getting to that point where, you know, no props. Yeah. You know, just but that kind of like what you know you're at the top of your game when you can go out there and you don't need that and you yeah, can get Yeah, I just people. want a microphone. Yeah, yeah. And, you, and you'll, you'll be bringing them places. You'll be, you'll be taking them places and, yeah. and it'll be from your words, you know. And so, then your point of view. Now, how do you decide how the, flo- the show flows? In other words, who do you start with? Who do you end with? I mean, is, it, is there a, some sort of secret to that? Well, it's an ongoing th- ongoing. Um, um, the cake is never made, you know. Uh, last night, I probably had two hours sleep. I was up all night re-questioning, re-wording, tying p- the next, you know, the, the, the person before to the next bit. Uh, maybe maybe something else fits better there. What is my problem that I'm concerned about? Um, because you're also on um, when you're doing musical uh, voices as well. Um, the, your show is a, a roller coaster ride, so you need to have the slower bits, but then not too many in a row, so you can pick things back up. So I guess change is good energy, and um, that takes time to. Um, fan those things out have you had situations where either first of all you just couldn't get whoever that person was you just couldn't get uh-huh. you to your things that ever happened oh yeah and then i'll make a bit out of that you know like oh. <laughs> you know there's comedy in trying and uh and like who's somebody you just uh, couldn't get i'm still working on seinfeld and i think leno was okay for a while then it slipped away you know but uh, Seinfeld was, who are these people? Have you seen this guy? What's the deal with that? <laughs> he 
you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm, got, I'm still not comfortable with it, You could it, probably do Gilbert Gottfried doing Seinfeld, because I know he does that. <laughs> Who are these people? And why is it that I want to know? You are listening to impressionist Gordy Brown, who is playing three days a week at the Golden Nugget in downtown Las Vegas. Well, that's like, got to be fun. I, I mean, like are, these guys. Are there like index cards all over your house? That, yes. I got an idea. My <laughs> desk is full of writing, like everywhere. A lot of piles of paper. And in fact, you know, because it's, it's the part of getting, you know, the notes down. And it's another part to laborious part, but definitely necessary that you have to fine tune yeah. the material. So now it goes into the computer and then um, typing that out. And, uh, and, and, that, and that is a, uh, a learning skill, too, that took a long time because I was always uh, – I always loved the gratification of the audience. So a lot of the routine came from just doing it in front of the audience because you get the immediate feedback and you're yeah. like, that worked. I'm going to keep that in and maybe I'll move it to here. It might be better there. Well, I mean, uh, who do you try this stuff out on? I mean, do you go in there and throw a new one out and see what the reaction is? I married a, a beautiful wife, <laughs> but she doesn't laugh at, at much of it. And uh, maybe it's because she hears it all the she time writes. from the floor above. <laughs> But um, I do have assistants that have a great sense, sense of humor. Um, of course, you want somebody to be honest with you, right? You don't want them to be laughing at everything. It's yeah. like, eh, not do that. Yeah, one of the greatest uh, was my best friend who's no longer with us, but he had the greatest laugh ever was my guitar player. And uh, he was... Uh, he was a lot of joy in that um, we'd, we'd smoke cigars after the show. Do you remember when this worked? Why don't I do this with that? You know, and it was just uh, That's pretty fun. special. Yeah. Those you, are. You enjoy uh, that's doing a very this, right? blessed thing, you know. Yeah, yeah, because comedians want to have um, good sounding boards. Well, I mean, you look like you enjoy this. I mean, this I is love your, entertaining more than anything ever, and the feeling has never diminished. That's great. Yeah, it has never. Uh, the, the feeling I get from an audience and wanting and to always love being on stage is is uh, I feel very blessed that it's still there. God, still what a shining. Thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to do your. I feel <laughs> really blessed about that. So you you got a lot ahead of you because you just you come up with the stuff as we talk. Mm-hmm. Where do you go from here? I mean, obviously we're excited that you're going to be in downtown Las Vegas. Is there mm-hmm. some things you'd like to eventually take a shot at? Well, I want to work. I I never knew how to build a career, so there's a business part of it as well. So I kind of just did my show, and somebody walks up to you and says, "We'd like to have you," which is what um, happened at the Golden Nugget. And um, but I want to play arenas. Someday, and I might give myself within five years to be playing arenas and uh, no props, more ideas, and, and great building um, a strong comedy, you know? Yeah, like, well, yeah. like when you, know, you mentioned and, Dice before, like when Dice yeah. played Madison Square Garden. That's a big Unbelievable. deal. Unbelievable. Incredible. Yeah, he's, he, he was the very first. Yeah. Yeah, just remarkable. He still is amazing. It is, yeah. it is. And then I guess the old HBO special and stuff is always a, a wonderful well, thing. Well, that's another angle, too, um, to, to help. Yep. So I know that if you keep uh, working at it, I feel that those dreams will uh, come true. And, and uh, it's exciting every moment trying for it. I think they will come true, but in the meantime, you got a chance to see. <laughs> yeah, I'm grateful Gordy, to be at yeah, the Golden Nugget. At yeah. the Golden Nugget, it's exciting. Uh, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays at 7:30 p.m. Which yeah. you can always fit that into some part of your trip. It's going to hit on one of those days. Yeah, and we can't wait to see you again. It, oh, it's always a, a win. And uh, appreciate you having me on the show. Thank you very much, Gordy. Thank we'll, you, Steve. Love to have you on again.
Time now for statistician, actuary, and expert in gaming odds and probabilities, the Wizard of Odds, Michael Shackelford. Today, Michael talks about a game that everyone is familiar with, and he's not talking about the video version. Okay, let's talk about poker, because good old poker, people say, well, that's something they just, uh, you're really competing against other people. It's really a different type of game, and the house just takes their cut. Is that, for a real gambler, is that the best game in town, or, or what? Poker is not my strong suit when it comes to gambling. I don't claim to be an outstanding poker player myself. Some of my advantage play friends do emphasize poker, and all, more power to them. Being a good poker player requires a great deal of work and experience, and not everybody is cut out for it. I think it's kind of like chess, where I think the best of players are just born gifted at that kind of game. If you feel called to poker, by all means, give it your best shot. If you don't like poker, or you just find that you're not good at it, I would, I would consider mastering a different game. Compared to all the other games out there, is that the one game that has less to do with statistics, you know, and kind of chance than any other? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think poker is just about the perfect game where it's a combination of chance, math, and psychology. It, it's everything a good game should be rolled into one. So, I mean, I, I love a good poker game amongst friends. Personally, for me in the casino, I find live poker to be kind of boring because I'm only going to go in with the best of hands. And so I might actually only see the flop maybe two or three hands an hour. And I consider that kind of boring. Other people like that. And other people tend to play the same table all the time, so they see friendly faces there. So I'm not saying do play poker or don't play poker. I, that's a thing where you, I think you have to feel called that that's your game. And if you... If that's how you feel, then study it, know the game, and do your best at it. The Wizard returns again next week with more advice. Hey, if you like groups like Blondie and the Ramones, you should probably check out our own Hollis Jade's great group, The Love Zombies. You can get albums, merchandise, and more at their website, www.lovezombiesentertainment.com. That's lovezombiesentertainment.com. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Manji, coast to coast on the BizTalk Radio Network. Welcome back to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Do you love Vegas? Do you love history? Well, have I got a book for you. Well, you know, on this show, we talk a lot about old Las Vegas, not just what's happening right now, but what happened in the past. And if you're like I am and you're interested in that, there is a must-have book. It's called Vintage Las Vegas. It's written by Paul Papa, who's with us today to talk a little about that. And, Paul, what gave you the idea to write a book like this? I think it's just a wonderful thing because I think a lot of people come here and kind of miss some of that, some of the excitement and so forth that were around here decades ago. Well, yes, absolutely. Um, first of all, thank you for having me on. And, um, you know, I, I've always tried to get people to see a different side of Las Vegas. Um, we've got the strip and the gambling and all that's really nice. And I know that's why people come here. But Vegas has so much more personality than that. And I always try to get people to see a different side. So anytime I have an opportunity to show that other side of Las Vegas, well, I jump right on it. 
downtown is changing, and I think it, it's kind of coming back. And what's great is you have a lot of things in downtown. So if you want to go down there and kind of get into some of the new stuff, there's also a lot of that vintage stuff. Was that one of the ideas? Because like you just mentioned about the Strip, and I get the idea that everybody kind of has their favorite places there, but there's a lot of these spots they simply don't know about. Yeah, there, there is a whole lot of spots that people don't know about. People don't realize that Fremont Street used to be the main street. And then the casinos kind of took over. I tried to stay away from, in the book, a lot of the casinos, but then there was just some things that you had to put in there. You know, like the El Cortez being downtown. You really can't write without talking about that wonderful little place that is really a bastion of Vinci's Las Vegas still today. You know, there was a time where downtown was just kind of a mess. There was a lot of decaying hotels and that sort of stuff. But I think kind of the renewal brings about some of the stuff is still there and now it's better than ever because now you're doing it in a place that you can be there for a host of reasons. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you can go downtown and walk down there and be safe now where before you used to have to worry about homeless people or if you get a block off of Fremont Street, you could be in trouble. But that's really not the case anymore. And the nice thing about it is the people that are going there aren't just looking at building stuff. They're looking at how they can use what's existing and kind of honor the tradition and, and, and move it forward at the same time. Well, in this book, it's it's not just about downtown. You talk about things on the Strip. You talk about things that are out of the Strip. I don't normally say this, but the first place to look at this book is to go to the very back, really useful appendix, broken up into a number of different uh, things, whether it's geographic or what the topic is. Was that something – I mean, for a book that doesn't look like your typical travel guide – it really makes it really simple. People can go right to what they want. Well, you know, I, I had an interview once, and a lady reviewed the book, and she said that the book struggles between history and a travel guide. And I thought, well, you didn't get the book because it it's doesn't struggle at all. It's meant to be both. You know, I wanted you to go to these places. I didn't include anything in there that you couldn't go to because I wanted you to go see them. But at the same time, I wanted to tell you about it. So I wanted to give you different ways to navigate the town and see how to get there and then go visit these places. You have to read this, and they're all very readable sections. It's one of those great books that you know you can put somewhere, pick it up anywhere, and just enjoy it. But there were some things, and I'm trying to remember exactly some of the things that caught me. For example, like the hotel that was out by Boulder Dam. I had no idea, and there's an amazing history to that. Oh, yeah, the Boulder Dam Hotel. One of my favorite, favorite places in all of – it's not technically in Las Vegas, but that was the first hotel – in Boulder City, and Boulder City was a town that was built only to build the dam. It was expected to go away after the dam was done, and it didn't. And this hotel has had a rich history. It's been abandoned. It was caught on fire a couple times. It was almost demolished, and then somebody came in and bought it, and now it's a functioning hotel with original furniture being brought back. I think that was one of my favorite stories. The original furniture would just show up. And they'd put it back in the rooms. And so now you can go back to see what it was like to live at that time in those rooms. And they're not expensive. It's not like you're paying four or $500 for a room. Most of them are like 80 90 bucks a night. It's really wonderful. I got the idea that this was sort of written for somebody. It could be really interesting for people that have lived here and just don't know about it. But it's also really good for somebody who's making that first trip out here. Yeah, again, I, I wanted to show you a different side of Las Vegas. So you can come for the glitz and the glamour and spend some money and you know support our economy, and I'm all happy for that. But at the same time, there's so much more to see. Las Vegas is a town that's that's just over 100 years old, but it's so rich in history. It's crammed so much in that 100 years that you know it's really worth learning about, and that's what I tried to do. Yeah, and everybody knows, of course, about the mob connections, and you talk about that in some of these places, but a lot of these places – they're just fascinating things. For example, I love the thing on the Young Electric Sign Company. I mean, everybody knows there was all these lights, but now you can find out how and who was doing it. Yeah, that was one of my favorite interviews, actually. Um, uh, Mr. Young, who is uh, the son of 
Blackwell, the grandson of the guy who started the Young Electric Sign Company, flew in from Utah to do an interview with me. I was very honored that he did that. But he told me he took me on a tour of the facility and showed me all of their stuff and what they do. And, you know, they were real innovators in neon lighting, and people don't realize that. Most of these wonderful neon signs that you see around the United States were, were created by the Young Electric Sign Company. And then you also, I believe, talk about the Museum of Neon on the Neon Museum. And again, another one of those places that only would be in Las Vegas. Yeah, one of my favorite things in the world. You know, the museum almost started by accident. The, the p places would close down because one of the bad sides of Las Vegas is we change our buildings like most people change their clothes. And we tend to blow up our history, which is not the best thing. But the signs stay. And people don't know what to do with these signs, and they just started donating them to this organization that wanted to preserve them, and it got bigger and bigger and turned into a museum, and now people pay to restore the signs, and they're putting them back out on the strip, and, um, and it's just wonderful, yeah. Eddie Osterlin, America's first master sommelier, is back. Last week, Eddie talked about what to look for at a winery. Today, he shares his favorite domestic wineries to visit. Domestically, I mean, you got California, and three or four regions, you know, you got, I like these days the wines out of Paso Robles. Uh, a lot of the wines are kind of uh, Rhone style, as in France. Uh, they're reasonably priced. They got great acidity. And if you haven't been to Paso Robles, that's a really good one. Obviously, you want to go to Napa and Sonoma, you know, um, Napa wines tend to be a little more expensive, in my opinion, and uh, they're, you know, and they deserve they deserve that. Sonoma is a little more user-friendly wines. Um, but, you know, if you're going to go out to California, you definitely want to hit Napa and Sonoma, and you can do that in one trip or one weekend. Paso Robles is a bit south. Santa Barbara is a great wine region. Uh, wonderful Chardonnays and, you know, wonderful Pinots. Um, definitely want to take in an experience there. So there's, there's three or four regions right away. Now, let's take a look at Oregon and the Willamette Valley. Oregon has a, a climate that's on the same level as France's Burgundy, so it's cooler climate up there. The grapes don't get quite as ripe, so they're more Burgundian in style. They're a little leaner. They're a little more restrained. So definitely, if you haven't been to the Willamette Valley in Oregon, you want to go there. Then, you know, I mean, they make wine in every state and across the country, so I'm not going to really try to single out other ones. I mean, there's great wines from the Finger Lakes in New York. There's great wines from the, the North Fork of Long Island. Their Merlots are incredible. Thanks, Eddie. Join us again next week. You'll meet Vinny, star of the Bronx Wanderers and one-time gold record producer, label executive, and publisher. You don't want to miss it. And don't forget to follow us on all social media platforms, including Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Have a great weekend. This is Stephen Maggi reminding you, Vegas never sleeps. Oh, Vegas, here we go! <laughs>